locked and loaded, baby. Locked and loaded. The proverbial bags are packed. The uh, very real non-proverbial tickets are purchased. And your boys, along with their SOs, their dungeon master <laughs> and his new fiance, baby, yep. will be about... Yep. Ten days from now, nine days from now, and in Brian Denny Stadium for kickoff. Ten yep. days from now. Yep. First game of the season, Utah State. Got to beat the Aggies twice at home this year. Always tough to do. Uh, no, it'll be good to see Tyler. Shout out to Tyler and Ashley. Getting, and, and congratulations on their engagement. Yeah, getting engaged in London and letting us stay in their place in Tuscaloosa. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, yeah, taking uh, MC to her first Alabama game. Jade, this will be her third. This will be her third, this second third. home game. Yep, uh, third home game. Oh, this is her third game. Yeah, in, she in went Brian to uh, she went to Tennessee. Yes, our first year uh, that we were dating. She went to Missouri for homecoming the next year, and then she went to uh, and then yeah, this one. This one will be number three. She was at the national title um, last year, so yeah, this will actually be her fourth Bama fourth game. Fourth game over third one in Tuscaloosa. She's been to many more. I haven't been to Alabama as a fan. Uh, since 2016, I think I brought my sister against whoever Alabama played before the Iron Bowl. Uh, yep. She was in the process of picking a new, or not a new school, but in the process of trying to pick a college. And, of course, I it mostly wanted to prevent her from going to Auburn, so mission accomplished there. Yep. But she did end up at South Alabama. Uh, that's, and that's a good thing. But anyway, thing. That's it's a good fine. thing. Uh, a big episode tonight. We've got, if you listened last week, thank you. We had a lot of listeners, a lot of people who are new listeners. So let's do this. If you're a brand new listener... Let me give you a little two-minute story. My name is Patrick Norwood. I grew up in Franklin, Tennessee, which is just south of Nashville. I uh, went to the University of Alabama, where I majored in telecommunication and film. I minored in German. I cannot speak German. Uh, in my sophomore year, I met my best friend in the whole world, Patrick Brickman. Howdy. Patrick Brickman and I took a great class from Dr. Matthew Payne. Shout out. T-Pain. Shout out T-Pain. We haven't brought him up on the podcast in a few Really, years. really nice guy. But really I mean, nice he's the guy. one that really brought us together. He did. He did. Uh, and so, yeah, after that is beautiful friendship. Uh, 2015, we decided we were going to start doing a podcast. We did it over Zoom. Excuse me. Not Zoom. Skype, then. I Skype. think. Yeah. Because Zoom wasn't even back a thing back then. Back in the infancy then. days, yeah. Uh, and yeah, ever since then, we've done uh, at least one episode every year. Yes, we have, and and well, we're over a hundred episodes. We are. By the way, I looked last week. One twenty nine. This is episode one twenty nine. So yeah, that's that's our story. That's the podcast you were listening to. It is Pat's interference. P A T apostrophe S interference. Not the Pat's interference. New England Patriots podcast. Which I'm sure is fine, but it's not this podcast. It's not as good as this one, let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, so yeah, welcome in. This is our season preview, traditionally our longest episode of the year. Uh, we're going to try to keep this one a little shorter, but I mean, you know. Once you get us going, though, you never know when we're going to You never start. know when something's going to happen, you and just, then it happens. Because we, we're we're so comfortable, and we're so friendly with just, each other, and, and we just love in our talking zones. to each other. We actually sat down a couple nights ago. To do this podcast, we said we were going to, and then we just kind of talked about life for three and a half hours, yep. which was also great. Great night, great night. Great so night. that's just what happens when you, we could you could take a kernel of an idea, and then we can turn it into eight hours of talking. So. Popcorn. Yep. Uh, yeah. Again, shout out to Paxton Rimbus on the rebrand. Uh, if you have listened to the podcast in the past, you've noticed that there's a little bit of a difference. One mistake I made last week. We are on TikTok. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Pat's interference is on TikTok. When TikTok started and it was sure. like the, they're going to steal your information, I just used the podcast email address and made the podcast a uh, a TikTok account uh, that Jade uses as her personal TikTok account, and uh, it, it's great. It's great. We've posted one college football content on there. It was when we went to App State Coastal last year. Uh, and we rushed to the field with Chase Bryce after they beat Coastal. That was a lot of fun. Great um, night. It is fun on TikTok because like, I'll, I will see a video that I think Jade will like. Let's say it has um, the song of Toad singing Chandelier, which he loves. Loves that. And I'll send it to the Pat's Interference page, but I know that it's her seeing it. It's just her. And uh, the rest of the TikToks on that page are uh, her doing work for like her actual job for McKinney for clients. But we still, she still wanted us to plug the Pat's interference. She TikTok. did. She was very adamant and and upset we did not. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so there you have it. If you want um, some various content that has very little to do with college football, you can we're open for there. sponsors too. 
If you have $20 and you want us to plug you on every podcast, we will. Yeah. That would buy well, us. I will do it for $20. It, yeah, at least. I mean, a minimum. Yeah, well, yeah. But, I mean, nobody's paying us the maximum to do this. Anyway, so let's get into uh, let's get into some preseason college football. We're gonna, like he said, we're gonna do our preseason predictions. We're gonna talk, uh, you know, the college football playoff predictions. We'll pick our teams. We'll put our stamp on our Heisman winner. Um, this is where we kind of uh, really just drop what we think is gonna happen. Nothing unique here. Everybody does it, but we got to get our two cents in as well. Um, every now and then, we will give a real prediction that ends up coming true, and we won't let you forget about it. Mostly, for it's you. Six or seven. I years. will say every year that we've done this podcast, Alabama has made it to the playoff except one. Yes, and uh, usually we pick them to be in the playoffs. So. We have call it a bias or call it a premonition, or but just we've been smart. right most of the or time, or just smart because yeah. that's what everybody does, and right. we all look smart. Um, but yeah, so anyway, we're gonna start off uh, with the individual type stuff. Your Heisman, let's say you pick three to go to New York, and then I want you to pick your number one. Who is your Heisman finalists, and then who is your Heisman winner? You know, the funny thing is, is I came into today knowing we were doing this episode and I was fully ready to predict and it was going to be a surprise prediction but I was going to take uh, DJ Uyunglele at Clemson. Um, I I thought that the situation for him was going to set up very well because Clemson was down last year but he's still a big time name that most people know across the sport. One of the bigger names. And so you'd have a redemption arc there. Clemson's got a pretty soft schedule and a you know and a softer conference Very that soft I think schedule. they could. Yep. I think they could run. They've got some big games against Notre Dame. We all know what that Notre Dame game means. Stuff like that. Actually, I don't even remember if they play Notre Dame this year. I will be completely honest. But they've got games. They've got revenge games against NC State because I know NC State beat them last year. Stuff like that. And I was going to take him. I think even if he just had a pretty good season, got Clemson to the playoff, he would be a name that would be in that mix. And so I was going to take him. But I don't like what their offensive coordinator said after the scrimmage this weekend, where Ooh. they will be getting their five their, their five star quarterback, Cade Klubnik, I think is how you say yep. his name. Yep. Um, he's expected to play, and I don't know. I just don't like the fact that it, it almost feels like the Kelly Bryant situation a few years ago. Not that the coaching staff's given up on DJ. He is still the starting quarterback, but he has so little grace it feels like from his own new offensive coordinator and i i maybe read into it too much but i I almost read into it as his new oc wants his own guy your so so your logic there is you almost put him in the heisman not only conversation but winning it mm -hmm. because he's a name that people recognize and know that flamed out last year like I don't know, one Joe Burrow did in 2019 or 2018 almost and then like came that, back yes. in 19. Had, had a bad yeah. season, but I could obviously see that has logic. all the talent in the world. I could see that logic and for sure. I was predicting a huge bounce back year for him. But now, I, I, just because right, it almost right. feels like the door's open for him to no longer be the starter in October. Right quick. Yeah. Clemson schedule. At Georgia Tech, Furman at home. Louisiana Tech at home. At Wake Forest. NC State at home. At Boston College. At Florida State. Syracuse at home. They go to Notre Dame. You're right. They play them first weekend in November. Louisville at home. Miami at home. South Carolina at home. Very manageable schedule. Miami sticks out if they're a good team this year. Notre Dame, obviously, is a really good team. So, And NC State's supposed to be good. But that's a very manageable schedule. And, yeah, it felt like it was setting up to just sort of soft launch him into a Heisman campaign. Yeah. But it's not going to. I don't think it will because okay. now I see the writing on the wall that they want this new guy to play a lot and possibly take over. So who are your three? Oh, boy. Uh, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, I think, are, are virtual locks to be in New York, uh, barring anything unforeseen. So those are the two easy ones to take. Um, I, I will... <clears throat> this is where it gets hard. I'm going to say if USC can get to nine or ten wins... Then Caleb Williams okay, is, is a name that I want to put in there. I did say on the podcast last week that I'm not fully buying USC. And, and, and I still mean that. I, I cannot buy them to be a, a true national championship contender. So out of those three, who are you, who are you, who's winning your, uh, your Heisman? Ooh. Who's getting your vote that we get because we're doing this podcast right now? Right. And you're verified on Twitter. 
And I'm verified on Twitter. At Patrick Bergman. I think that Ohio State enters the playoff undefeated. Um, I think that Ohio State will have the best offense in college football this year. They've got the best wide receiver. They've got potentially the best running back. Um, Travion Henderson, year two, is going to be insane. Yep. And I think for Bryce Young, not even, even more so than the defenses he's playing against, his biggest adversary is Bama fatigue with that award. Yep. Um, I can see that. He will need to be virtually perfect. And I think he will be virtually perfect, but I just think that for the voters, it's going to be time to get somebody different, a different team to walk up there. So I guess for those reasons, I'm going to take CJ Stroud. Okay. So my three are same, same, but different. Ooh. I'm going to go CJ Stroud. He is my winner. Okay. I'll go ahead and tell you that so off both the taking, bat. We're both taking, I'm taking Stroud. Out of the pod. Okay. Um, I will uh, also take an Alabama player. I will also take a USC player. My USC player, and the guy I've got as a dark horse right now, Jordan Addison. Mm-hmm. He was really last, good year's, last, year. last year's Bolitnikoff winner with Kenny Pickett as the quarterback. Nothing against Kenny Pickett. Nothing against Pittsburgh. But I don't think they will have the firepower that USC will this year. And if Jordan Addison was able to do that last year, beat out Jamison Williams for the Bolitnikoff, I think he has a really good shot of repeating that this year becoming a repeat champion of the Blitnikoff and making it to New York. Uh, the Bama guy, as if you listen to last week's episode, you know is Will Anderson. I think he's one of the more talented defensive players uh, Saban has ever had. Um, I think he is a Rolando McClain, for those of you who were beginning Saban era. I think he is a, uh, a Dante Hightower, Courtney Upshaw, uh, Reggie Ragland type of linebacker that is going to truly be such an anchor on that defense that you struggle uh, to think of that defense without him, without immediately mentioning his name. Um, and that's, I think his floor is just underachieving that mark just because he has such a big target on his back. And I think his ceiling is being the next Eric Thomas. Uh, so I will put him in the Heisman conversation, but I think it's Stroud. I mean, you watched that Rose Bowl from last year, and not only did he overcome the adversity of that game, which is what a Heisman, you know, look at Bryce Young during the Iron Bowl last year, sure. right? Um, not only did he overcome the adversity of that game, but when he was on, no one would touch him. No one would touch him. Um, and he's got a core group of wide receivers right now that is, like you said, the best in the country. Hands down. There, there is no group of yeah. wide receivers that is Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Uh, behind Jackson, Jackson Smith, Njigba. As I, how I think they in, always say his Njigba. name. Yep. Njigba. And he was, he, he was, he was incredible. better than the two wide receivers on the team last year, that, uh, Olave and, and Wilson, that both went in yep. the first round of the and NFL I, draft. Wasn't he the one that had like three touchdowns in that Rose Bowl? I mean, no, the, it almost feels like the Devontae granted. Smith situation from a couple years ago. Uh, yeah. Right? Where, where Judy and... Rugs were the ones that went first round, and then the next year it was it was Smith that was better yep. than both of them. They yep. were technically ahead of him on the death chart. I like that. I like that call a lot. Um, okay, so that's that's our Heisman prediction. Okay, the next one. I don't know if we've ever done this one on the pod, but I really wanted to get to it because I think this could be an interesting discussion. Who's your coach of the year at the end of the year this year? Ooh, that is a really good question. So I'll, I'll go first this time. Yeah, I am, and you're going to find out in this prediction episode that I am. Very, very high on three teams in college football this year. And then there's a fourth team that if I'm right, I'm going to look like a genius. And if I'm wrong, you'll never let me live it down. Sure. But I think saucy. if USC can win the Pac-12 and find a way to either barely miss or make the playoff... Lincoln Riley has a really good shot at winning coach of the year, taking a four and eight program, turning them around and making them a borderline playoff team. That's a conference champion. Um, in a year where there was so much drama surrounding him, leaving Oklahoma and going to USC and a year where he was able to get uh, so many people out of the portal um, to show what a great recruiter he is. He's got obviously a great offensive mind if he can somehow get Jordan Addison a Heisman or, you know, like you said, Caleb Williams, you know, I think he has a really, really good shot at winning the coach of the year. I'm going to lock that down and hope that USC doesn't make me feel foolish by November. I don't hate what you're saying. And I, 
last week on the podcast, I talked about how I'm not fully buying USC. And I, I, I stand by that because I love Lincoln Riley as a coach. His hire at USC is the biggest coaching hire that I think this, this, the country, the sport has seen since Nick Saban came over. I mean, the way that he left Oklahoma after taking them to the playoff year after year after year and what he was building there and winning two Heismans to go to a, a, a program like USC. I mean, that that's as big as it gets in, in that sport. Um, the offense will be insanely dynamic. He's got Caleb Williams to come over, who I, I think is football, not just college football, but I think football's next superstar. Yep. And he'll be the biggest face. He'll be the face of the sport going into 2023. Um, he is a good program inheritor. As we saw at Oklahoma, he inherited a lot yep. at Oklahoma yep. and he kept it going and he made a lot of it better. Now we'll see if he's a good program builder. Yeah. He's got the offense. The offense will be explosive, like I just said. Addison was a huge get. Caleb Williams is the, the biggest get. And then he's got running backs and wide receivers to spare. He's inheriting less on defense than he did at Oklahoma, and we know that was his biggest problem. Yep. That's the big question mark for me. That's why I'm not I'm buying them to improve. They're not going to win four games. They're going to win nine. They're going to potentially win ten games. Yep. They'll win between eight and ten in my mind. I don't have them making the playoff because of the defense yet. But I don't hate what you're saying. Yeah. Um. I like Kyle Whittingham in Utah. That's a good answer. Um. I think that I think that a program like Utah winning the amount of games they're going to win puts them in a good position too. Um. Win something like a coach of the year. Yeah. Uh, just with the expectations, they'll be a top ten team. Um. Or if Marcus Freeman, as a first year coach at Notre Dame, has them in playoff contention. Yep. Um. So I'll go Freeman. I'm going to go Freeman as coach of the year. Okay. I like that. I like I, that a lot. I, I like Freeman staying at Notre Dame the way that Ryan Day worked at Ohio State after okay. Urban Meyer left. Yeah, he I just He that. fits the culture. He was there. There should be no turnover from Brian Kelly leaving, and, and everybody bought in day one. I think uh, one thing I want to mention right now, one of my old students at High Point, Kevin McMahon, boom, mm-hmm. is what we called him. You've heard me talk about him all the time. You met him at my wedding. Um, I think very highly of this kid. He was great at High Point. Um, he is now the social media director for Notre Dame football and uh, told me a little bit about his interview with Coach Freeman. I would love to see a guy like Coach Freeman uh, win Coach of the Year. Yeah. I think that would be so cool. I think it would be great for the sport. It seems like he's got a program where the players really love him. Uh, everything. Everything. So he's just – he's great. He's great. I hope you're right about that one. I think that's a great pick. Um all right, this is this is usually where things get a little chippy. A little chippy mm-hmm. on the prediction episode. Sure. Uh bold predictions. Really bold predictions this year. I don't want the typical like oh, Bama and Georgia miss or like I guess that's yeah. pretty bold, but like that's very dumb. I don't want dumb bold. I just want bold, right? So what what sort of thing can you give me right now that you're willing to stand by throughout the season? And at the end of the year, potentially admit, hey, I got this way wrong. LSU is right at or just below 500. Wow. I'm not taking LSU this year. Okay, explain. I don't love Jaden Daniels at quarterback there. Forks up anyway, but yeah, the I got forks it. Forks up, I know. I know, what, I know what he meant for a year he meant, there. He meant State. a lot. He meant a lot to me. He meant a, he meant a lot, especially the, especially what two three years ago. Yep, that's as good as it got for him. Uh, yeah, you said that last week too. Yes, I and did. I, I I was listening to our episode from last week and was like, that's not true. It's true. Yeah, you nothing are, nothing right. feels like a culture fit. He's he's done a good job in the transfer portal. He's done a good job uh, recruiting so far, but LSU has not been very good the last couple of years. And I think they either tread water this year or or they're slightly worse. I I don't love. I don't love the culture fit yet with with Brian Kelly at LSU. Um, I, I think he's, you know, in for not not. I don't want to say a rude awakening, but it's a it, everything's going to be so much harder than it was at his last stop at Notre Dame. Yep. And I and I'm just not taking him coming in and, and lighting the SEC West on fire in year one, or or even managing the schedule as well as most people seem to think he will. Um, so I'm going to put them at around that seven and five to. I mean, I guess I said under 500, that would make it four and eight, five and seven. I'd put him in that five and seven, seven and five range this okay. year for year one. Okay. That is bold. Yes. That is bold. I could also see that happening very easily, 
right? Because we know in Baton Rouge how the wheels can come off a program. <laughs> yes. You know, like that, I mean, that is one of those programs where it is either they are on fire, world beaters, nine and three is a failure of a season, or it is a five and six and oh gosh, we've got to beat yeah. whoever to make a bowl game, you know? Um, they're either losing to Arkansas or they are nearly beating Alabama, and there's no in-between for that program. Uh, my bull prediction this year is in a similar ilk, but we're going to go to the other side of the country. Utah does not win double-digit games. A lot of people has this as a lock, that this is a no-brainer. I just don't see it. Yeah, you won't find them outside of the top 10 um, uh, preseason polls. I, I, like, I think they're great. They're a, uh, we're so close to being a Rose Bowl champion last year. Yes. And uh, we're a couple injuries away from it being a runaway Rose Bowl win. Asterisk, a, 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 a huge amount of the Ohio State team was sitting out in that game. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But that doesn't mean that they weren't. They a weren't. They of were very good. Away. They won the Pac 12. They um, blew out Oregon in the, in the uh, Pac 12 yep. championship. Yep. I think that this is a year they take a huge step back. Um, and I think, again, Lincoln Riley and USC are going to be a huge part of that. Um, going to take a lot of the thunder away from the Pac-12. And, you know, last year, even when Utah was kind of dominating, the, the, the story was never really about Utah, right? It was always sort of, well, what's going on with the rest of the, you know, the rest of the country, Yeah, right? Utah's schedule, they start off at Florida. I don't know if they're ready to play in a place that is as humid as Florida against a team that... I think Florida is really going to struggle this year, but I think it will be due to injury. I don't think that team is very deep, right? No, Florida is not. I think the earlier you get Florida on the schedule, the more dangerous they are, okay? Especially when there's not a lot of tape on uh, Anthony Richardson. There's some, but there's not a ton, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think Florida is a program that's really going to try and figure it out this year and take a big step forward, and I think Utah is going to catch the brunt of that. It's interesting you say that. I actually don't – I I wanted to ask you about coaching – picks but i guess i'll just i'll just ask you that now because it's a good segue into it um i wanted to ask you about which coaching because there was so i mean we've never seen an offseason with as many coaching changes as we saw no. um and i wanted to talk about a few of them i don't love the billy napier hire wow okay it felt with with what you had with lincoln riley and, and i could i could be showing some I don't know, some ignorance here on how good of a coach he is, but but it felt like with all the huge names being tossed around and Florida being one of the openings, Billy Napier to a school like Florida just felt but he's like got, it lacked But he's got that connection there. He doesn't yeah, he's he's got a connection, but but I just didn't see it. I didn't see it as being something that's going to go and compete with Kirby Smart okay. in, in, in the East or Nick Saban or Jimbo Fisher or is, the other I, coaches at the top of the, the conference. I just don't know who you go get if you're Florida. Kiffin? Uh, yeah, that's a. I guess I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, the reason I say that is because we didn't know who USC was going to get and we didn't know who uh, yeah. LSU was going to get sure. post-order on and they sure. got insanely creative and made it happen. Um. So you were, I don't know if I it's, didn't hate that. I don't hate the hire. That's I what I'm saying. It, I, I was, were, I was pretty underwhelmed. You were by underwhelmed. The, I was underwhelmed I by under, the hire. I think I was, I was accurately whelmed. I think Florida has shown, <laughs> okay. has shown that they love getting Florida guys to come back mm-hmm. and they like getting guys that are good at one specific thing. Look at Dan Mullen. They basically got Dan Mullen cause he was a good quarterback coach. Yes. And then what happened? Right, not get, too much. I mean, they had a, they had some decency. They had they had the good tra- Kyle Trask here, but it was ultimately ultimately a failed experiment. And then you look at Muschamp. Could not have been worse. What, what did they want? Okay, well, we yeah. got to get a defensive guy back in here. Mm-hmm. Let's get a good defensive guy back in here, like Will Muschamp, and it didn't work out. Okay, well, we need to get our offense back. All right, let's hire McElwain, and it didn't work out. So I was accurately whelmed by that hire for Florida because they have proven time and time again. That's what they do. That's what they do. That that is Florida in a nutshell. Um, so I, Dan Lanning at Oregon. I have no opinion on that. That one was weird. Uh, I'll talk about that one. Just I, a, I a, think a very short. Length. I think Miami knocked it out of the park. Yeah, that was another one. Cristobal. Now he, that wasn't really an out of the huge. I mean, that was a huge home run for them. Yeah, but he was he was like. 
when when Miami, you know, had an opening, um, that was like their their dream hire, and they went and he it, it I guess it worked out for him personally because he's from Miami, has family there, and he wants, but he also you know that's his. I don't know, maybe dream job or I still think that that Cristobal could be at Alabama after Saban leaves if he's successful at Miami. But could be. To, but to replace, but would him with he Dan, leave? To. I mean, we do this with Dabo a lot, right? Like people right. just assume, like, oh, well, Dabo's going to go. Yeah, I mean that that's probably a question for another day. But yes, if Alabama comes knocking, there's a good potential that any coach in the country leaves. Yeah. Um, outside of maybe Lincoln Riley now, but. Such a culture change for for Oregon um, to go from what we saw them was when we were in college, yeah. which was offense, offense, yep. offense. Um, now to there, we could keep branching with this coaching talk, but but now to get a defensive guy and 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 everything's just going to look and feel completely different with Oregon, and it sort of was trending that way, but but especially now, um, kind of completes that. I'm interested to see because because Oregon is going to have a very good defense this year. I think they're trying to capitalize on the fact that they've got a top-five linebacking unit with Noah Sewell and a bunch of these dudes. But I, I'll give you my favorite hire, uh, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I think Marcus Freeman's a great hire for Notre Dame. Yeah. If you want to talk about, okay, we need a shift in culture. We need to go to, you know, we can't be the Notre Dame that was with Brian Kelly where we made it to the playoff, and then it just didn't matter that we made it to the playoff, right? Because they just got slaughtered. They were just lands for slaughter, and the peak became make it to the playoff, right? You need a culture change to get stuff like that done. And what better way to do that than to get somebody who is young, that the players already liked, that's a decent recruiter already, that's established in the area. Um, I thought that was a great hire. It was absolutely who the players wanted. I don't know if you saw the video, but oh, after yeah. they announced it, oh, it was really touching too. It was awesome. Absolutely. So I think that was a dynamite hire. Um I would have loved to have seen what would have happened to the college football landscape if Harson would have been fired when he was almost fired. <laughs> um, mainly to see what happened to Auburn during that time. Yeah. Because I, I don't know who they go get. That happened so late in the year, and that's, maybe that's why he didn't get fired. That's one of the reasons Harson. Um, it's just, I, I just don't know who they go get after that, but I don't know, man. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. All right, let's move on. Uh, now we're getting into the sort of later part of the year, Okay. I'm going to ask you to give me your Power 5 Conference champions and then who those teams beat in the Conference Championship. Oh, man. So I going. will go first. Okay. Okay. And I'll, I'll kind of give you a little synopsis of each one that I think. Um, I will go... Help. You know what? I'll only do that for a couple of them. How's that? Okay. I'll only give a, the, the championship game matchup for a couple of them because I think it's interesting to talk through. Um, I think USC and Oklahoma State are going to win their respective conferences. I think Oklahoma State is actually going to whoop up on Oklahoma this year. I expect Oklahoma to take a pretty decent step back. They've lost a lot of pieces. The mood around the program is just more angry about Lincoln at Lincoln Riley than it is Brent excited for Brent Venables. Yeah. I don't know if you feel that way, but it's more like the jilted ex-lover who's got like a, I mean she's a decent looking girl but she's not like right and Riley good looking, yeah. you know it's that sort of mentality right so like that's how I've envisioned Oklahoma um, I don't yeah I like what you're, I don't hate you. where Oklahoma landed not only that they didn't just lose Lincoln Riley they lost yeah they the, lost the, a ton they of lost pieces. Spencer Rattler and yes. Caleb Williams yes I mean, yeah. that, that's a quarterback, and, and they landed decently with getting Dylan Gabriel, who's a good quarterback, but he's yep. not Caleb Williams. No. Brent Venables is p- potentially a good head coach. Yeah. Mike, what my thing there is he, didn't, he never seemed like he wanted to be a head coach, now all of a sudden he is one. Right. So I will uh, I'll go Oklahoma State there, and I don't think that's going to be like a dynasty starting. I yeah, think that's no. a one-off Gundy gets lucky and knocks him off. Like right Pitt last year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Pitt last year, or hell, like Baylor. Pitt, Pitt took advantage of some. T- you yeah, remember that exactly. Baylor Oklahoma State game, man? Yeah. Um, ACC, I'm gonna go Clemson. I really am, and I, I don't. I'm not. This isn't a knock against NC State, but I've just lived in the triangle long enough, and we need to talk about the triangle teams for a second too. <laughs> I, I sure. kind of want to pause here. I, I've just watched NC State long enough and been told by NC State fans. Shout out Cam Brindle, great dude. Season ticket holder over at NC State, go pack. Um, 
He has told me multiple times, whatever you know we're going to do, I promise you we're going to do the opposite. And he's right. Every time I watch him, they're like, fair. Sweetheart Bowl Volume 1. Yeah. Oh, well, they're going to beat Wake. Nope. Sure didn't. Sure didn't, because they were supposed to, right? Like, right now, Devin Leary is a lot of people's dark horse for the uh, Heisman Contention conversation. ACC Preseason Player of the Year. Yes. I don't buy it. No. I just don't buy it. There were games last year, especially... Uh, the UNC game where, yeah, he came out and, you know, now I say that and I had just said that about uh, about Stroud and the Rose Bowl and Bryce Young and the Iron Bowl where they overcame that adversity despite a bad game. But that wasn't his only bad game last year, you know. And I, so I, I I like NC State. I don't love NC State. I hope they have a 10-win season. But I think Clemson is going to come back with a vengeance this year. Yeah. And if they don't, I'm never picking them to win this division again. The ACC is in a, in a peculiar spot because you either have to buy that Clemson's going to come back or you have to buy that we're in the middle of a power shift, right? Somebody somebody will take that spot because Clemson hinges on – their defense is going to be outstanding. Yep. Um, top 10 unit in football. But their offense is – who knows? So you either buy that the offense is going to be better. So either Cade Klubnik comes in and, and is Trevor Lawrence 2.0 or slightly less or DJ figures it out at quarterback. But – um. You've also got uh, the defending champs, Pitt, who, yes, they lost Pickett and and, and um, Addison, Addison, but they yep. gained Keaton Slovis. And, yep. You know, I, they're not taking a massive ex- step back. He's there. an experienced quarterback. He's certainly good enough to beat some teams in that league. You've got, um, you know, like we said, NC State's going to be a top 15, top 10 team, depending on the service that's ranking them. And then you've got Miami. Yeah. So. If there's somebody to fill, fill that power void, I think it's going to be Miami this year. But I'm with you right there. Yeah. I'm not there. I still have said that Clemson's going to bounce back in a big way, and I mean that. I'm backing off DJ Uyunglele, but not off of Clemson. Yep. Um, somebody at quarterback's going to come in and get it done. One of those two quarterbacks is good enough to keep Clemson where they should be. It's just a matter of which one it is. So I've got USC, Oklahoma State, and Clemson winning their conferences. Mm-hmm. The next two we're talking about, um, let's go to the Big Ten. The Big Ten East is pretty much locked up. Big Ten's the easiest it's, conference. It's going to, to be predict. Ohio State. Yes. Okay. I don't see anybody they really struggle with on their schedule this year. Um, I don't, you know, as much as I like uh, the Freeman hire at Notre Dame, I don't really think he's a guy that can get them to beat that Ohio State team immediately in Columbus, especially. Maybe if that game were at home, I'd feel a little bit better about it. But I just, I'm not there yet. Then you go to the Big Ten West. And you look down and you're like, oh my gosh, this is one of the worst divisions in college football, especially next year. Dude, I've got Ohio State going up top on Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's going to have to be the team this year or else Ohio State is going to play like a six-win team, like a Northwestern, in the conference title game. Yeah, I mean, I look at it, it's Wisconsin and it's not... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, right quick. Can we go to North Carolina, to the Tar Heels? Yeah, talk about North Carolina if you need to. Drake May is their starter. Mm-hmm. The one that got away. Sure. I don't know if you remember he me texting you the day that Alabama, he flipped yes. yeah. and then went to, I think he was on campus in Tuscaloosa, right? Either way, it was one of those years, I think it was right before the 2020 season, where it was like, Bama didn't have that many guys committed yet. And the amount of text messages I got. From people of like, uh-oh, Saban's losing it. Can't even keep his own QBs. Look at this. And it's like Drake May. It's like, guys. I think, I think uh, Jalen Milrow is who he ended up with as yeah. the constellation. Yeah, I'm, okay that? That. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I think UNC takes a massive step back this year. Um, step back from what? Their mediocrity last year. Okay. I Like, I am genuinely seeing a world where, like, their ceiling is eight wins. Because they massively underwhelmed a year ago. And their floor is like six. They were a top five. 10 team coming into the country last year, and they like won. Like, their floor could be five wins. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm and they absolutely could on board with that. I don't think that, because uh, they play week zero, they get that feather in their cap, which is nice. They play this upcoming Saturday against Florida A&M, in case you need a reminder that college football is back. Uh, and then they go to Boone to play App State. You've been in Boone. Which isn't a foregone conclusion that they'll win that That's game. That's what I'm saying. It's not a walk in the park. You've been to that game, or you've been to that stadium. You know it's loud. Yes. And I think for UNC, that is a 
oh yeah, we'll just go to Boone and beat them. And for App State, that is like a, this is the Super Bowl this year. It is this in Georgia Southern, and then whatever else happens, happens. But we are winning those two games. And Coastal Carolina. And Coastal. And they're going to Conway and beating Coastal. We all know that's going to happen. We all know that's happening. We will be at that game. You, me, and Paxton are going to that game. Through hell and high water. Hell and high water. I don't care. (laughs) I will cancel everything else (laughs) I have. There's a top-tier day last year when we went. Awesome night. Awesome night. I got pulled over, didn't get a ticket. Uh, Georgia State. uh, Why are you traveling to Georgia State if you're UNC? Like, what's going on with the schedule? Why are you traveling to App State and Georgia State? Because that's what the, AC, the, the ACC still does so that a lot. Dumb. I Notre, think that there's something like 10. They have like 10 out-of-conference games or 10 road games. As a, as a league, they have 10 road games against P5 teams this year. Tar Heels get, teams, Tar Heels get Notre Dame at home. They get Virginia Tech at home. That'll be a win. They go to Miami. That's a toss-up game for me. I think Miami pulls it out. They go to Duke. That's a win. They get Pittsburgh at home. I think that's a loss. They go to Virginia. I think that's a win. They go to Wake Forest. I think that's a loss. Georgia Tech comes to town. I think that's a win. And then NC State comes to town. And that's a loss. So here's a question. Who's the like, second best team? I think it's five or team? six games. Who's the second best team in the ACC? <laughs> NC State. So you're, you are taking them as the second best team? Yes. I'll take Miami as the second best team. I can't do that. I like I, I want I would uh, it's more I think college football is a sport and I know this is like a controversial thing because people just love to hate Miami because they were the Dallas Cowboys right like that was that was just what you did they were right they were right now Bama they were two years ago Clemson they were you know the mid early 2000s USC right it was just easy to dislike them but I think it's better for the sport when they're good. Oh yes a thousand percent. you know that brand is good for the sport it makes everybody it, it makes the whole sport more fun. Um, so anyway, uh, that's, that's the talk about the triangle sports. I think wake, uh, is in a lot of trouble, but we'll talk about that at, at some point later Duke on. Duke is irrelevant. Uh, and Duke doesn't even matter. Like Duke is just so pointless at this point. Just why would you even play? Why would you even play? They don't even have Gunnar Holmberg anymore. They don't even have Gunnar Holmberg. I think Duke might move the ball a little bit this season. Uh, it's a, it's an inside joke. You guys had to be there. Um, Okay, so I've got Ohio State going over Wisconsin. Sorry, I know that was a long detour. And then I've got Bama going over Georgia, and I have that game not mattering. <laughs> kind of like this year. Kind of like, right? Uh, what, three of the last Where five years? Maybe one team has to win it to get in. Or, you know, they both go in undefeated, and it's just a don't get blown out, and you're good. I think... Um I think both those teams are going to be undefeated going into that game. I think Ohio State will be undefeated going into the playoff. And, well, we haven't done our playoff predictions yet, but I think I just kind of gave it away. Um, (laughs) In Big 12, I'm going to take Baylor. Yep. I think Baylor's going to have a strong enough team, and there's, there's there's going to be a power struggle in the Big 12. I think that the conference championship mean will mean more to the Oklahoma State and the Baylors. Yep. Sure. Of the league right now, considering sure. the fact that the other two are joining the SEC in a year. Um, I'm not buying Texas yet as a team that's going to win this. I'm league. not buying Texas either, especially because you're hearing all this stuff about Quinn Ewers kind of not winning the job and all of a sudden just got named the starter. Like that was like back to back days. I heard like, oh, yeah, he's really struggling. And then I heard like, oh, no, he's actually going to win the job. Yeah, so <laughs> it's like what if Clemson was going to win the league, it was going to be because Quinn Ewers is a world beater. It doesn't sound like he is, and no. Beyond that, I'm not sure that they're still yet better than Oklahoma. Right. I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not buying Sark as a head coach to Texas. I'm not. He, no, well, I'm, I'm yeah, saying. He, I'm, I'm not saying they were I bad last year. I'm they weren't saying, good. I'm just saying. I think there's. I think you got to give Sark time. Yes. Why am I'm, I defending Steve Sarkeesian? What have you done to me? You upset sure. me so badly last week about this offense discussion that I'm defending <laughs> Steve Sarkeesian. It's the hardest. It's the hardest program in the country to deal with and and win and and deal with expectations at right now. And sure, future Texas head coach Bill O'Brien. Let's get her going. Absolutely. Let's he go. Could, he could take over for Sark once they get tired. No, listen. He's got a good inertia going, and NIL certainly can help Texas as much as as anyone else in the country. But. I'm not ready to buy that he's flipped the roster enough yet and, and collected enough talent. I, I don't think they're better than Oklahoma yet. I'm not going to pick them over Oklahoma until I see some better stuff on paper. I think Sam Pittman has a shot at winning coach of the year, by the way. Sam Pittman's not a bad I was just thinking bad. about that. Yeah. All right, sorry. Keep going. Um, so I like Baylor in that conference. They could have won it last year. They were right there with Oklahoma. 
Um, Alabama over Georgia, both teams undefeated. Ohio State is easily the easiest team for me to pick as a conference champion. Yep, agreed. Um, and and they won't. Nobody's coming close in the regular season to touching either Ohio State or Georgia. Yep. Not a single team on their schedules are coming close. No. And, and I'm I'm pretty much there with Alabama. The 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 top heaviness of college football this year is going to be at its most apparent. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think this is the year with the least amount of parity. Mm-hmm. And I, by the way, I think it's going to get worse. It only gets worse with NIL. Uh, but that's we're not talking about that right now. That's sad boy hours, and we're not doing sad boy hours. The right only now. reason I don't put Alabama, in, and I did say that I think Alabama last week, if you heard me on the podcast, I was absolutely buying them as world beaters. But um, they at least have more games that stick out to me as difficult, such as the road trip to, to uh, Arkansas or the A&M game yeah. uh, being the other one. So, you know. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Um, all right. So we have our conference champions. Let's say you got to leave one of those teams. Well, you do have to leave I one of those I teams I guess I didn't pick out. a Pac-12. Um, yeah. I mean, you really have two options here. Because it's not... I don't think it's Oregon this year. For the reasons you just mentioned 10 minutes ago about their change of culture. And I don't really think UCLA is there. I think UCLA is decent. No, I won't. I won't pick. So it's UCLA. between Utah and USC, right? It's between Utah and USC. I'll I'll go because of the defense. I will pick Utah. Okay, so you're gonna go Utah. I'll go Utah. Okay. Okay. Uh, you got to leave one of them out. Who are you leaving out for your playoff? I might. I might leave two out. Go ahead. Go on. I have to decide if Notre Dame runs the table after losing to Ohio State. Wow. They did it two of four years. Uh, yep. It's not an unheard no, of thing no. anymore in college no. football. It's it's not unheard of. It'd be three of five if they did. I mean, it's... So I'll, I'll pull up the schedule real quick, but... I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. Don't worry. I got you. Let me feed you, baby bird. Um. Yeah, I think it's very feasible. Uh... Obviously, they go to Columbus against Ohio State. I think we're both pretty sure that's a loss. They've got Clemson. They've got USC. Uh, Marshall comes to town. Cal comes to town. They go to Chapel Hill. They play BYU in Las Vegas. Not worried. Okay. They've got Stanford at home. They've got UNLV at home. They go to Syracuse. They get Clemson at home. They go to Navy. They get Boston College at home. They go to LA to play USC. That USC game could be tough. So here there's so for talking playoff, there's there's a couple trains of thought. You go chalk, and chalk would be Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. That's everybody's chalk right now. Um in some order. I can't go Clemson. In some order of that. Um the other way you go is you go Notre Dame breaks it in, right? Mm-hmm. Which leaves out mm-hmm. probably Clemson in that scenario. Yep. Um, or you don't have Notre Dame going in. You don't have Clemson going in, and you're pecking one of the three Pac-12 teams. Yep. I've got okay. So who's your four? Because everybody's everybody right now is especially the easy chalk is Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. And you know, I've, every time we've done playoff predictions, I never pick two teams from the same conference because I just think that that roadmap is so hard. But every year, I don't anymore. But every year's not like this year. I don't. I don't think that that's a hard roadmap anymore. I think Georgia walks into um, going undefeated with their very very soft schedule um, outside of Oregon Week One. Kentucky. I think Kentucky and South Carolina could pose to be problematic. I don't think they're losing. I think it could be a little bit sketchier than we're maybe thinking. We could see a Stetson Bennett of the 2018. Yeah, I mean, I think they could play the well that day, but, but I'm, not even, I'm not even close to thinking that Georgia's going to trip up against any team in the East. I'm, I'm more confident that Georgia runs the East with ease more than Alabama, and you heard me talk about Alabama last week. Yep. And, and I, I, here's the thing, and I actually wanted to talk about this with, with Georgia and Clemson. Um, they are doing – they are undergoing – Something that Nick Saban had to navigate early in his career at Alabama and proved to do really well year after year after year. If you, I guess, if you don't count 2010, but we're really looking at a big picture thing, not a one season thing, 
which is turning over great players yep. and losing good coordinators. And both teams are doing that right now. Yep. You look at Georgia, they're losing 15 starters off their team last year. They returned seven starters across offense and defense, and they're replacing the defensive coordinator. Yep. Right? So how well do they navigate the big talent exodus? That's tough. I think they navigate it wonderfully. Um, yes, they, their defense won't be quite as good as it was last year, but it'll be good enough. Right? I Alabama's don't, I don't defense think it will in, be. 20, in 2014, 15, 16 wasn't as good as it was I don't in 11, think it'll 12. be nearly as good, and I still think it'll be good enough because that's how good that defense yeah, was last it's year. It's going to be very good. They've, they've one of the most talented defenses in the country despite losing all their starters. Mm-hmm. Um, Clemson, the same thing. For the first time ever now, Clemson has lost coordinators. Yes. And they lost. Actually, they have more talent returning last this year than they did the year before, but they lost both coordinators, yep. something that, that um, Dabo's never dealt with there. Yep. He's had offensive coordinators leave, but he, they lost both coordinators this year. And, you know, we'll see how big of a loss Venables is for him. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Sorry. I thought you were talking about Georgia a second ago when you were talking about defense. Um, but I think... Uh, well, initially, I was talking Georgia's okay, defense okay, won't, yeah, yeah. won't be as good. But it will be very good. Yeah. I, I Too think, great. It could be great, and it still could be elite. Okay. Give me your four. Give me your four. Okay. Uh, I go Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and I will go Clemson. Gosh. One of the quarterbacks I just, will get I, there. I just can't go Clemson. I just can't do it. I. They were so vanilla envelope last year that I am more hyped to buy... USC, who went four and eight, that just added a ton of pieces. Than I am to buy Clemson, who lost so much, retained so much, meh, and is now going to expect to be. Now, granted, Dabo does have the little old Clemson speech in his back pocket every freaking week now, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but here's my four I'm going to go Bama, Ohio State, and Georgia. I think, barring. Now, granted, Bama's road schedule is. Terrible this year. Not terrible. Very hard. Very, for, very for hard. an Alabama schedule, it is hard road schedule. Very, very hard. Yeah. For anybody. Yeah. For anybody, it's a hard road schedule. It is you are at Arkansas. You are at Tennessee. You are at Baton Rouge, correct? Um Yes. No. Get it. Baton Rouge at home. Excuse me. Or LSU at home. Nope, Do they're you? on the road. No, they're on the road. They're on the road they're at LSU. Road. Um so again, it's it's and at Texas. Yes, it's at Texas. That is a really tough road to go, and I said this last week, without, and you can listen to our, if you're like, they're not talking about Bama very much, go listen to last week, I promise we did. Um, that's a very tough road to go down without losing a game. Now, if there's a team that can do it, it's Alabama. If there's another team that could do it, it'd be Georgia. Um, but I think those two are ab- about as big of a lock for the SEC title game as I can remember in recent history. Yeah. Other than maybe 09 Bama, Florida, there's not another team that I look at or another two teams that I look at and I'm like, oh my gosh, they were, you know, it was those dudes, right? Um, it's like the Warriors and the uh, and the Cavs that year. What, what year was that? 2016? Where <laughs> yeah. like everybody knew week one, like, oh yeah, no, it's LeBron and Steph again, you know? Well, I think they um, played four years in a row in the finals. Right. So I, I think it's it's just that much, or maybe it was 17, but it was just that much of a lock. Yeah. Everybody knew who was going to be in that title game. Um, I think that's the common title for the SEC this year, and I think it could be a similar situation last year. Bama will either have one loss or no losses. Georgia will either have one loss or no losses, and then they have a feasible chance of both making the playoff. If they're both undefeated, I don't see how both of them don't make the playoff, regardless of the score, yes. unless it is a 60-point loss. And that's why I say that's why I put them both in. For the right. first time ever, I'm predicting two teams from one conference. Uh, Ohio State, we've already talked about enough. They have too many offensive weapons. Ryan Day's finally got his crew in there. You know, they're hungry after a big Rose Bowl last year. They're hungry to prove that, you know, it wasn't a fluke. Ryan Day's the real deal. We can get back to the way we were in 2020. We can make it back to that title game. They're they're ready to go, right? Um my fourth team, and again, this is this goes back to my bold prediction, my coach of the year, candidacy. There's just not another team that I see like USC that I sit there and I go, okay, they have that much talent. And their schedule looks the way that it does because USC schedule isn't tough this year. It's not easy, but it's not incredibly hard. But what I love about this discussion that we're doing right now and something that I just realized when you said it 
is there is there is a real world where you have a like one loss USC playing a one or zero loss Notre Dame or flip those right mm-hmm. kind of like I just said Bama and Georgia and we're going into the last week of the season and USC and Notre Dame the battle for the golden shillelagh that's the trophy look it up if you don't believe me that is the crown jewel for that fourth playoff spot and I think that would be awesome I think that would bring a lot of energy and excitement into an otherwise very bland playoff. Um, and I kind of hope it happens. Now, granted, because I'm saying this, USC will win eight games this year. And the four games they lose, they will lose to like UCLA, Arizona State, Oregon State, and like Utah. Utah, right? Yeah. And I'll look like an idiot. And Notre Dame. But I would rather look like an idiot now and say that and have an exciting world for college football rather than just... Everybody turning the TVs off. It's the lowest rated playoff anybody's ever watched because it's just the same damn four teams again. Who, oh, by the way, the four of them just finished in the top seven of recruiting. You know, so it's just, yeah, the rich get richer and that turns people away from the sport. sport. (laughs) As a Bama fan, I don't mind that. I'm fine with us being top dogs all the time over and over again. Okay. As a college football fan, it's not great for the sport. I think it's great for the sport to have one of those teams or two of those teams. Right now, you have four to five of those teams, and that's too much. So I will go Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, USC. I will not pick those in an order because I have no idea what I would do. Yeah, we're just picking there's, our there's, four. There's, but- there's, there's too much that, to, to go through with, okay, well, let's say it's an undefeated Bama in Georgia. Where do you put the team that loses? Do you put them at three? Do you put them at four? Does it matter, right? Surely they won't do a rematch. Seems mm-hmm. like we've had this discussion before. Um but I will give you my national champion if I have to pick out of those four. But I want to hear yours first. It's Alabama. This is no surprise there. I think Georgia is is a very, very, very close second, actually. Or not Georgia. Uh, Ohio State. And Georgia is not a distant third either. I mean, I think yep. those three teams are, are very, very close in their leagues to each other. Alabama has the two best players in college football. Um, they've got the... the the trajectory they've they've got the program in place. They're always a safe bet. Um, yep. Fan or not a fan of the of that team, um, and they they've got too much upward momentum to discount. And this isn't the year to do it. And like I said last week, I think that this is one of their better preseason teams on paper that they've had. So I'm I'm not counting against yep. them. Okay. All right. Uh, we've been doing this podcast eight years. Mm-hmm. I went through and looked the other day. 15, we picked Bama to win the national title. We were both correct. 16, we both picked Bama to win the national title. We were both wrong. But in that episode, you did say it was going to be a rematch in the national championship. Mm-hmm. 17 was the first year I didn't pick Alabama. I don't remember who I picked, but it wasn't Alabama. You picked Alabama. <laughs> 18, we both picked Alabama. <laughs> right. 19, we both picked Alabama. <laughs> Uh, 20 was a weird year. I don't know if we did this episode in 20. We may not have. Um, had we done it, I probably would not have said Alabama was going to win the national title. Coming off of LSU's championship, I don't know if I would have either. Um, and Mac Jones and coming we were, in as the we starter. Had, we had such a question mark with Mac and, and, and all of that, right? Um, and very well we may have, and we could go back and listen, and maybe we did. But. So we come down to what are we looking at? Is it going to be another year where both Patricks pick Alabama winning the national title and they either do and we look like geniuses or they don't. We both look dumb. Or is one of us going to branch out, pick another team uh, that maybe won't have as tough of a road, especially road schedule that has basically a cakewalk of a schedule. My championship game is definitely Ohio State Alabama unless they have to play each other in the playoff, which God I hope they don't because that would suck. Yeah, um, I think we're getting a rematch of the 2020 title, and then I think it's a coin toss. One day I will wake up and I will say Alabama is world beaters. They are absolutely going to win the national title. The next day I'll say Bryce Young is beat up. They just won a very tough game in Knoxville, and Ohio State just beat a team by 60 and took their quarterback out after the first quarter. Right. Both of those things I think could happen. I am going to say that I've been more nostalgic and feeling better about this podcast this year than I have in the last four or five years we've done it. Sure. That makes me think more towards 2015 
I will take Alabama right now as my national champion. And here's another bold prediction that I've saved till the end. Okay. Saban just got a contract extension. And I know that. And that kind of ruins this for today. Because what I was going to say is Saban gets this one done. I know he won't. I so desperately want him one year to at the trophy ceremony at maybe after the game, maybe it's at the parade. You know, they go down the street to Tuscaloosa. He does a couple weeks worth of recruiting. I want him to say, you know what, guys, that was actually it. I just, I'm done. And I just want him to ride off into the sunset and just be over. And again, he signed every his time contract we, extension. Yes, yeah. And every time I think that and I get that romantic notion of that, I know that's not how it's going to go. Because how often does that actually happen, right? Especially with a guy like Saban that's so competitive, that's so determined to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Coaching-wise, it never happens. And Peyton I, Manning did it. That's I, about it. I, I, know, I know he won't do it. But God, I wish he would if they got it done this year. Just don't, just don't look. The game is the game is changing from what you love. And everyone can see it. And it bothers you that so much of this game is now outside of the lines. Not just with the logistics of recruiting, but just with the drama and the gravitas of everything you say is posted everywhere now. And like, dude, when you and I were in school, it wasn't even like this. It wasn't even close to like this. No, Saban makes a comment about Texas A&M like that when we're in school, and it gets circulated, maybe. But that's like a donor event. And now, dude can't say anything without it being blown up. But this notion that he doesn't like is the opposite of everything he has been saying. Yeah, that's great. He also said he wasn't going to leave the Dolphins. That is that is that is so far that is so far I, in the past. Okay. He also said Philip Sims was going to be our starting quarterback in the AJ McCarron won a national title. We're talking we are talking 14 years ago right now. All I know is that the other day a microphone God, was in was his that face 14 years ago. Um uh, maybe not oh Philip Sims, gosh, but dude. No, Philip Sims would have been 11 years ago. Yeah. So God, we're old. What what I'm saying is um my people asked him the other day, and he's actually I think he talked about this unprovoked, um, because people use it as a negative recruiting tactic against him. But but he says people you know always want to say that I'm leaving. Yeah, I'm done. I don't know yep. what I'll do when I leave. Yeah, he wants to keep coaching. He he still has that competitive fire, and yeah. he's still the top of his game, and 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 he's still navigating these new changes. But they've got the number one recruiting class running away right now. I they had the number two last year, and like I said, in transfer portal, they had like the I one. said. I know it's not going to happen. Right. But the romanticism and the like gravitas of that moment to me is something that I will always hold like, come on, dude, just this year, just say you're done. I'm fine and with him doing obviously, it in 2030. Obviously. He got an extension in 2030 today. I know this is not happening. I can't stress that enough. I know he's not retiring. I, for the longest time, I always said he was going to see through the Tungle Vailoa family. Yes. Remember I used to always say that? I know. He's and I didn't see, think it was see, a bad prediction either. He's going to see through Talia, so that would have been this year because this is, I think, Talia's last year. Maybe maybe he's got one more year after this. Um, I thought he was going to see through Talia, and that was it. Well, no. Now he's got Bryce Young, and he's got, you know, he, it doesn't matter who's coming in and who's going out. He's... Only he knows when he's done, I guess. We, uh, yeah. So I'll t- I'll take Alabama. We're both taking Alabama. I will take that with the slightest bit of, hey, coin toss between them and in Ohio State, though. That's that's what I'm going to do right okay, now. It's, it's 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 so very honestly a three horse race. I mean, there's just I don't see a, I don't see a surprise team coming no. in and 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 winning at all. I don't no. see an LSU, and, and that doesn't usually happen. LSU 2019 is the only one that that has really truly. I guess you could count Ohio State the first year that it happened, but not really. They were still a top five team coming into the country. Yep. And then they lost Virginia Tech, ran the they ran the table. I okay. And now that we just said all this, Georgia is going to lose to Florida, South Carolina, and Kentucky. Uh and Bama is going to drop two to Texas A and M and Tennessee. And then uh and then who knows what's gonna happen. It's gonna be Notre Dame, USC, Utah, and uh Colorado State. How the hell? How's that for your college football playoff? Sure. The year that that happens, I, I will eat my crow because we are 8-0 against that happening so far in the playoff yes, world. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. Roll Tide forever. Uh, look, next week, uh, I will have just gotten back from Las Vegas, going there uh, Thursday with my wife. We're going to go see the Killers. It is her favorite band. This is her Beatles, dude. And I am so excited to, A, go to Vegas and just kind of hang out and be there. Uh, and B, watch her watch that happen. Which is, that's where the killers are from, too. So yes, that's, like that's, that's, that's why we're going to Vegas. Them. I bought these tickets July of 2021. 
Um, so we're excited about that. But then I come back. Buddy, that Monday I'm taking it myself. I'm going to take it easy. Going to unpack, do some laundry. Tuesday morning when I wake up, I am high beams are on <laughs> until we hit the road to Tuscaloosa. It's going to be a great few weeks. It's going to be such a good trip. I'm we have so a week off and then college. we go to Iceland. I am so excited for college football to start. I'm so excited to be in the middle of a season talking about this with my best friend in the whole world. Uh, week, again, baby. thank you for listening. If you want to reach us, you go, uh, go to Twitter at PI underscore podcast or just like text us because most of y'all have our numbers anyway. All the millions of you that listen. <laughs> All right. Roll Tide. Peace Love you out. guys. Love you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.